you have to be very calculated with what you're doing because a lot of people age out. They either age out on their own, meaning they're like, fuck this, this is stupid, I don't want to play pop punk or emo, I'm serious now, or they just age out of touring because they have families. Someone like me, I don't see myself doing that. Buddy Nielsen, frontman of Census Fail. By 2003, emo had already hit and hit big. In 2002, Rich Egan and John Cohn brokered a deal with Interscope Geffen A&M Records, where they maintained 51% control of the label. Dashboard Confessional had two gold records, a radio single, and had won an MTV Video Music Award. Saves the day that Get Up Kids and Hot Rod Circuit had records chart on the Billboard Top 200 and toured relentlessly, and Alkaline Trio had sold over 300,000 records for the once tiny label. In April of that year, Census Fails' debut album, Let It Enfold You, debuted at number 34 on Billboard. Sonically, it felt like a more compressed and refined version of the early works of Thursday and Label Mates Saves the Day. The Washington Senators were a charter member of the American League in 1901. Much like Census Fail, they reached the pinnacle of their profession around 20 years, winning a world championship in 1924. In 1905, the team name was changed to the Nationals, but in 1907, the word Nationals was removed from their uniforms, and the logo was just a simple W. From that point on, they were interchangeably known as the Senators, the Nationals, and the Nats. Census Fail's tenure with Vagrant Records spanned four LPs in a mere seven years, but like the Senators, they were also no stranger to change, at least of personnel. The only remaining original member of the band is frontman Buddy Nielsen. After the death of their owner in 1955, the Washington Senators were relocated to Minneapolis, where they became the Minnesota Twins. A new replacement Senators team was incorporated in 1961, but it also moved on 14 years later. They're now the Texas Rangers. And it wasn't until 2005 that Major League Baseball in our nation's capital resumed. Of course, the Washington Nationals are the reigning champions, and if the baseball season is canceled, they may reign longer than any team ever has before. And while some Vagrant Records bands tried new sounds or styles to mix results, Census Fail stayed the course, releasing four records that are mostly identical in sound, genre, and problematic lyrics. This week on Rounding Down, the Washington Census Fail. Welcome to Rounding Down, the only All Out Tough Person Bad Person podcast that dares to ask what is good and what is bad. I'm Chid, the All Out Tough Person Bad Person in question. I'm joined, as usual, by Cy Fieti. Cy, what's up? Uh, I don't have a lot of time. I'm just going to get right into it. <laughs> I don't have a lot of time tonight, so we're just going to get right into it. Listen, we're having some audio problems. This is going to be one of the strangest recordings ever. We're using multiple audio platforms. We're recording across time and space. But we're doing it because we have two guests that we uh, just adore. They're returning champions to the show, and I'm going to introduce them in just a moment. Before I do, Cy, is there anything you want to talk about this week? Nope. I just want to hang out with you. I'm just happy to be here. Oh, wow. That's so sweet. I'm happy to be here, too. Um, and, you know, I think that this is our second week of Vagrant uh, Month and slash baseball month. We had a really, really nice episode to start off the month. And uh, this this week, this is a band that uh, we're going to talk about kind of our background and, and what we know about them with our guests in just a moment. But um, this is different for me. This is this is a band that I did not explore at the time. How Same. about you? Yeah, I did not explore them yeah. whatsoever. But how much did you explore the 1901 Washington Senators? Uh, I can say that I did not explore them either. 
until now. Oh, that's interesting. Well, uh, good, good, fair enough. Um, and yeah, so I guess the only thing I, I want to do here is I want to just uh, briefly talk uh, about uh, all the cool things that I've been doing lately. I've been cooking things today. I made some pound cake. Um, of course, that's just a pound of butter, a pound of sugar, a pound of flour, and uh, and a pound of grain. Did you put? And you just did you put beans in it? Yeah, you get a pound of beans too. So it's a pound of butter, sugar, a pound of grain alcohol, uh, a pound of flour, and a pound of beans. And you just basically like get a you get a mixer and you mix them until they're all. It's like a nice uh, gooey kind of paste. And then uh, you want to throw in a little bit of of baking powder in there or baking soda. What about um, baked beans? And, and well, the baked beans don't have the rising agent. That like, frankly, baked beans when you, especially when you. Uh, shred them into a puree. They make things more dense than they make them rise. You know what I mean? Like baking's all chemistry, I, and I'm a chemist. I know all being all about being dense for sure. <laughs> all right, uh, let's not waste any more time. We, listen, we're not a lot of time today, so let's just get into it. <laughs> Today's guests are uh, again two returning champions, two people uh, we adore from the Deadspin verse. It's Batman's Robin and Girl Wonder. How are you all doing today? Hello. Welcome back. It's so nice to hear from both of you again. Um, so this week we had quite an assignment just to kind of lay out what we did over the last uh, week or so or last two weeks when we kind of started scheduling this. Uh, we listened to the first four Census Fail LPs, which were released on Vagrant Records. Um, and I have to say, these are four records that I uh, never had listened to before, and it was quite a burden to listen to <laughs> four <laughs> records of this band. What I'll, what I'll say about it is that you could take a song from the first record and then you could take a song from the last record. And I would say that they were on the same record because. <laughs> oh yeah, they did not. Um, so it's funny because I think I mentioned to you in DMs or whatever that I vaguely remember this band from that time period. And I vaguely remember that they were a little problematic. And then it was like, oh wow, they are really, really fucking problematic. So, so I am probably like definitely in the minority on this podcast and probably in the entirety of music fans because most people don't hate themselves. Um, Not true. I came of age. You don't assume. During peak, during peak census fail time, I was the like prime audience for census fail music. I was. 13 to 17 years old. Oh, yeah. And I, too, was a grumpy emo kid. Um, so, as you may know, I am a recovering goth girl. So, yeah, I'm very excited about those because I feel very passionately about this band. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons why. So this is we talked about Vagrant. We wanted to get you both back on the show, and and this is a band that uh, Robin has a real affinity for, and that's that's why we we landed on them. Um, and I think there are some. So basically, like as I've kind of talked to different people about potentially appearing on the show, <laughs> many of which are in bands or celebrities, uh, and many of which have refused to appear or have been confused about why I've contacted them. Um, but let the record show. I've never been horny online. I did not send anyone anything gross. Uh, so, yeah, this band, Census Fail, they were kind of at the tail end of the early 2000s vagrant. And I, and I just to set the scene a little bit about kind of what was going on in music and why they are what they are and, and where I think they kind of came from. 
So we know they came from New Jersey, I think Ridgewood, Ridgewood, New Jersey to be exact. Um, and they were a band that was like kind of the brainchild of, of one person. Uh, and he, um, he, I think it was my buddy and he essentially, uh, started everything himself. He, he was 19, 18, 17 when he started the band, a bunch of random dudes. It's a band that's had a million personnel lineup changes, et cetera. Um, but they really had this first LP come out in 2003. So to just kind of set the scene there a little bit, uh, I think the year 2001 was when Thursday's second LP came out. I believe that was also when Taking Back Sunday's Tell All Your Friends came out. Uh, of course, right around 2002 was when Deja and Tendu came out, the brand new record. Um, and so I think that like this genre, the emo genre, had kind of already shifted into a more like heavy, stylistic, uh, m- more misogynistic kind of genre than what it what it had previously been. Um, like, for example, if you're comparing this to the like more midwestern roots emo of the of the later '90s, mid '90s, uh, there's really nothing in common with like Braid and with the band Senses Fail. Calling them the same genre seems absurd and and silly, um, but. Anyway, they all get lumped together. And, and so, uh, yeah, Census Fail, I think, in listening to them, just to kind of put a fine point on this, they feel like a band where, like, Rich Egan and John Cohen from Vagrant had a, a, a lot of money. They had a huge investment from, uh, from Geffen, and they needed to kind of get bands that they thought could be big and that they could kind of, you know, ride to the top. And Taking Back Sunday obviously had a lot of crossover success in spite of, um, you know, being on Victory Records, not being a major label band. Uh, with their first record. And it feels like they they heard a census failed demo and they're like, oh, they're like a shittier version of Taking Back Sunday. And therefore, this is the our cash cow that we're going to ride to the fucking moon. Does anyone disagree with that? No, though I will say that, I, I mean, like, as someone, I, I, as someone who during that time period really did like a lot of like the emo, even though I was older than Robin, um, you know, really did uh, like a lot of the emo and and pop punk. In fairness, um, everyone's older yeah. than Robin. That's a good point. Um, <laughs> I don't remember, you know, listening to that first album. I don't remember anything that blatantly misogynistic. I mean that that was. I mean, the entire album is about women being whores and yeah, watching yeah, to kill them. And I, I feel like it was very much, it was very much in line with a lot of the stuff that I was listening. Uh, (laughs) Just because that's kind of what was out there. And it was like, I think there was, there was kind of a, you guys weren't in high school at the time. So, so this is where there was kind of this like weird tension of, Nobody quite knew, like, nobody ever knows what they're doing, but it was one of the, like, I feel like kind of the first time that there was this, like, very aggressive and robust, like, mental health conversation, and the misogyny is absolutely there, like, I, but it's also pretty clear, especially from the first album, that these guys are, like, super not okay. Right. Um, yeah. it is like like I was more surprised by the suicide stuff yeah there's a lot yeah, of that and much of there, uh, you know to be fair I don't know if anybody listens to, else watches Letterkenny but um, there's this there is a difference between their first album and 
their next three albums. Not so much stylistically. I mean, they pretty much sound, I mean, they don't ever evolve musically. No, they sound uh, identical from start to finish. But the tone of the lyrics changes a lot. One from, you know, from their first album, which is very much like, fuck you, bitches. I'm going to murder you all because you're all whores. That's not, that's paraphrasing. Um, it's pretty, pretty spot it? on, actually. No, I've, I've got the lyrics pulled up and that's, that's about correct. And then the next, summary. the next three albums become much more of the kind of depressive, um, full of regret, suicidal type stuff that I, I, I associate more with the genre in, in many ways, at least the emo or the late emo, um, which could have something to do with the fact that the first album was written <laughs> entirely by their lead singer. Yeah. Um, and the next three albums, apparently, I know this because I did a little research, um, the next three albums were more of a collaborative effort. Um, and the lyrics just, I mean, are still really awful. They were not great lyricists. But um, they're, they're a little bit more polished. But I, do, but I do think, like, if you listen to, like, like if you actually pay attention, Blink-182 did it much better. Arguably was not this, like, weird emo core metal hybrid thing that Census Fail had going on. But... That tone is all still there in the pop punk. It's just, it kind of gets buried in the fact that the music is more fun. Or peppy. Yeah. You know? Like, I think you're right about that. we saw Blink Live a couple years ago, and, you know, I'm listening to these, like, 40-year-old men singing about what sluts the girls they sit behind in English class are. And that was like the first time it really clicked for me that it was all like, it, like they just kind of took what was already there and put it in a much angrier, crappier package. Be careful. Chid's a Mark Hoppus super fan. I was going to say. Uh, Mark Hoppus. Uh, no, no, hello. no. I, can, Chid and I can 182 in concert as an adult. Yeah. So I, Cy is a weird Tom DeLonge defender. He thinks Tom DeLonge is the good one in Blink 182. And I think that's insane. Where are you? Yeah. I don't know what singing one line does, but Tom sucks compared to Mark. I'm sorry. I think Mark writes all of the better songs. Anyway, um, here's what I will say. And also, plus 44. Come on, great man. Uh, That's kind of a joke. Anyway. Uh, just to kind of piggyback on, so we've spent a lot of time already talking about like the lyrics being kind of all over the place. And I think to be not to be fair, cause I don't think that this is, it's not fair and it's not, it doesn't make it, it doesn't justify anything, but I do think that like, this is a, these are the lyrics that were clearly written by someone who was 17, 18 and men who were 18, uh, are still basically like 12, uh, maturity wise yeah. usually. Um, so yeah, if that, right? So I think that it's it's something that it kind of shows. And I, I think that there's the lyrics kind of mellowing out to some degree. Uh, it makes sense. But I do think also to Robin's point, there, this, you're absolutely right. I think like if you listen to Newfound Glory, their songs are not as, um, they're not like openly misogynistic the same way for the most part, but there's still like a very heavy reliance on like, uh, pl- like placing blame or assigning blame to women in various ways or or whatever. The thing that Census Fail, I think, does that makes everything kind of coalesce, and in, in my opinion, that makes it like 
they're a great distiller, right? So I would say that in all genres, what happens is eventually there's like a, an artist or a band that's able to kind of like, uh, saw off the rough edges and just kind of break things down to their simplest essence. And usually bands that do that the best are the bands that are the most successful. Like I would argue that, um, size boy, uh, what's Andy, his name? Andy the no face tattoo rapper. Oh, Post Malone. Uh, Post Malone. Yeah, like he, the reason why he's so successful and is a like trillionaire, and same thing for Drake actually, is those are both dudes who just basically have like simplified hip hop to its just rudimentary like, oh, every hip hop song that's very popular has like a very catchy hook. So let's just make our whole hip hop song basically a catchy hook, and they've like basically packaged this this genre that is like trend was very transgressive into a very easy to digest thing and they've made it as like pop as possible to some degree right and the same thing happens in all genres i I would say i think that there's a reason why like certain uh artists are are a lot more successful than others and I i think the ones that are able to kind of distill things down the best uh do the best and I would say that Census Fail is a band that, like, uh, in this genre, like, all of their songs, the, the thing that is good about this band or the thing that I think stands out is it's very clear that, like, this dude has a great ear for melody. He has a great sense of, like, what, uh, of, like, pacing. Like, the songs are, like, three minutes long. Three, they're, all the songs are pretty short. They have they get to the hook within 30 seconds. Like, it, he's, like, someone who came out of a factory for writing these, like, heavy metalcore pop songs in some some respects. And as their albums kind of go on, I was kind of struck by, like, there's a couple songs that are a little bit more positive on that fourth record. Uh, where the lyrics seem a little bit more positive. And I, I kind of uh, was like, oh, this is like verging on platitude rock. Like where if like he just like got rid of all of the metal edge of this, they'd basically be Imagine Dragons. <laughs> like, which is not, it's easy to shit on Imagine Dragons. And that's not what we do on this podcast because yes, they're, uh, they're great at what they we've do. We've never shit on but- Imagine Dragons. In fact, we've complimented them. We have complimented them kind of as, a lot, which is weird. I don't, I don't care for their music, but down. can't stand. Yeah, well, it's and I understand why their songs are all platitudes, right? There's not a lot of depth to their songs, but they are very good at what they do. Obviously, like they do what they intend to do on every track. It seems like, and they get huge hits, and they're very successful, and people love them, and blah blah blah. So I would say like that to me, that's a compliment because this is at its essence, pop music. This is not the band census fail was not trying to make anything artistic. It, it seems Honestly, though, like, I, I think it's simpler than that. I think it was just, there was this weird, like, so the way that I remember it from being that age was kind of like 2003 2004 was this weird transition period but not only in terms of like tone of the music and the actual style but also the ages there was kind of this like definite shift i would say that like by by the time 2005 hits and you get you know like all time low for example some of those bands like that's when you start getting you know taste of chaos is a festival that that started in 2005 i think and so like you had this big shift and all of a sudden there's all of these young guys who are doing these festivals because they're 18 to 20 year old bums with rich parents who grew up in food suburbs and so like i would argue that rather than a distillation they're kind of the like Okay, here's the themes we want to write about. 
we don't really have that much to say because we're 18 year old boys just gonna put it on out there like see what happens and i think i mean i think that's yeah you're right about that definitely i feel that sorry go ahead well so i was gonna say like i think honestly what happened is like some kid heard this shit on myspace and showed it to her dad at the studio and dad was like yeah okay <laughs> like, like i really think it i i think we're almost giving census fail too much credit they were just like you know mediocre right white men doing what they do best right place right time new jersey yeah exactly well, yeah, certainly, as I said to start this, I think that they were just, I think that they sound enough like Taking Back Sunday and enough kind of like Thursday and enough kind of like, uh, you know, the bands that came brand new, that came a little bit before them, but they're a little heavier, enough like Thrice, that it was like, oh, well, those uh, three of those bands are on major labels now. So, like, we got to let's, you know, we can probably ride this cash cow like they're writing catchy songs. Um and and I think that that's you know they were a band that was willing to tour extensively. Obviously, they toured quite a bit. And still yeah, so for me, what I'm sorry, what did you say? Touring, which is so weird. <laughs> right. Like, well, yeah. There's like that. I too. saw a tweet from them talking about how they were having they they were going to be canceling their upcoming tours because of the virus. Oh no, they are releasing yeah. new albums. It's just which yeah, they, were beyond the scope of this podcast. So I chose not. To <laughs> And th- thank God for that. Um, yeah, they're they're still do like he's still doing stuff, and he, uh, you know, I it is what it is, I guess, at this point. But what I just to kind of reset the scene. So Robin's kind of explained where you were. You've explained a little bit where you were at emotionally and uh, and music interest wise in two thousand three when the their first record came out, two thousand four, two thousand five, through two thousand ten to some degree. Um, it, the thing that's interesting about Census Fail is there. I wasn't able to really put my finger on it, um, but there was something about the way that like next wave of emo, if we're even calling it emo, kind of sounded that just was not for me. Um, so like I lumped in a lot of bands that aren't they don't all sound the same, but I never got into Hawthorne Heights at all. They were a band that I was like, nope, that's too far. Census Fail, I was like, ooh, absolutely not, too far for me. Uh, and th- it's funny because I think like Thursday was right on the line of bands that I was like, uh, 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 like they seemed well-intentioned, but, um, and I saw them live quite like probably 10 or 11 times or, or whatever. And maybe I was young enough when I saw them that I was like, yeah, they're good. Um, but it, for whatever reason, census fails a band where I kind of just like, y- there were bands that followed them like boys night out and, uh, all time low. And like those types of bands that I was just like, no, 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 no absolutely not. It's 2005 now. I'm listening to, you know. Wolf Parade and Arcade Fire and Indie Rock almost exclusively. This is this is not my life anymore. I'm a grown ass man now. Um, and so they're a band that I just never even at the time I had some friends who liked them and I was like, mm, I'm not going to I'm not going to get into them. And that is my background with them. And I can absolutely listen to them now, see why. But I do have to say, to be fair to Robin, I think had I been 16 when this band's first record kind of broke big. I'm sure I would have been a big fan of them the same way that I was instead a big fan of saves the day at the time. Yeah. And like, it's funny because you, so I, I have seen Hawthorne Heights in, in concert twice. Neither time it was intentional and <laughs> really enjoyed them at the time. And they're one of those bands that I go back to now as like a, an actual grown up, and I listen to it and I just like want to kill myself a little bit. 
Like the, the secondhand embarrassment for my previous existence is so strong that I'm like, no, I gotta, I gotta go. <laughs> um, but I, but I do think that goes back to kind of my point where there was this, there was a tonal shift I felt like, and so the reason I keep coming back to the mental health stuff is because I had this huge conversation, especially in schools, about like you know teen depression and all of that stuff. Um, you know, post Columbine. So we were what ten years out of after that by then, and so like everybody who was getting to high school had already been like, oh yeah, like school shootings, that's a thing. We have to live with this now in our heads, and so there's all of this like anxiety and combined with this cultural shift of like these expressions of anger that were at one point okay were not okay, and so I think all of that specific subset of this like post hardcore stuff w that was written by like people who were only a couple years older than me i think it's very reflective of that in a way that is pretty specific to the time if that makes sense yeah i could definitely see that point i i the thing that's so interesting about that because you're saying that like you were about 10 years away from columbine then I just had the realization that I started high school a year after Columbine, I think. And yeah, it was a year after Columbine. So Cy and I started high school the same year. So it was a year after Columbine. And as I was in high school, even though like my high school, someone called in a threat to shoot up the school and got arrested and expelled. And But um, he was just fucking around. But obviously, stupid thing to fuck around about. My point is, even at the time, I that was not a thing that loomed large in my head in any way, shape, or form. I think because like I hadn't been... Columbine seemed like such an outlier, I guess, living in 1999, 2000, 2001. Would you agree with that, Cy? Yeah, for sure. Like, it wasn't like a... So, there's something about these bands that sounds like... To, that sounded like, to me at the time, in 2004, 5, 6, that sounded like a really uh, performative sadness, sort of, that I kind of, like, where... Like, almost like melodrama. And so many of these songs are about, like, committing suicide and and stuff like that. And I, I just, that sort of stuff, I like, I, I was not down for. Well, it's kind of like, it, and it's kind of like I said before, like right place, right time kind of thing. And and for Robin mentioning, like, you know, she was, she was at an age yeah. where a lot of these things felt relevant or, you know, maybe they're not as relevant now. Um, I listening to this band now, uh, there's, I, I really like the band Bayside and I, my biggest comparison for them would be, um, they're, they're like Bayside, but Bayside doesn't scream like that. So okay. I, I, I'd say like one of their one of their album covers is almost exactly the same, and it came out exactly around the same time. And it was they were both like, you know, very emo, and the lyrics were both equally problematic. And like Bayside's a band that's also still making albums too. Um, and they're a band that I didn't get into until like maybe 2008, 2009. And they had been going since, you know, right around the same time as, um, census fail. Yeah. Um, and I like Bayside now, but I, I can't listen to that. Those first couple records. It's, it, I don't enjoy it as much as I do at the later records, but now they're kind of dad rock and they've done this evolution where census fail is still trying to put that same album because i listened to the newer one too and i know we're not talking about that uh but there's there's not really i didn't see much of a difference aside from the production value uh in the newest yeah one. the production's a little more modern and the lyrics are a little less it's it seems like he's trying to like do it's really fascinating <laughs> honestly it's like watching like an ant try to like pick up a like a chair <laughs> because 
like he the he, he's a I don't know. I don't I'm not trying to insult this guy's intelligence or whatever. Every time I read a lot of interviews with him as part the, the lead guy as part of the like research and background for this episode and he's a person who talks about Bukowski a lot and he's like the same age as me. And I'm like, come on, man. Like Bukowski, talk about Bukowski when you're 21, not when you're like 37. Like, what are you doing? This guy has been drinking for so many years that as far as he's concerned, like he went to a party when he was 22 he woke up like 15 years later and he's like married with a toddler. It was like, holy shit, what happened? Robin, it, can it, I be on? Yeah. Can I be honest with you? Yes. It kind of sounds like you're a census fail apologist. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I do feel this obligation because I, I feel an incredible, like, like. So Robin, I, I want to read, I want to read for you this letter that I've prepared for you. Please understand that all of this is coming from a place with love. No, but I, I think it is like, I think what you're getting at is that this idea that they have not evolved at all, either as people or as musicians and their demographic, the people who th- that were in their wheelhouse when they were a new band and they were kind of like a hot thing. Well, I also, no, and not to interrupt you, I apologize, but I I wouldn't say that so much they probably maybe have evolved as people. Uh, It feels like with the newer records that they're continuing to put out is that they're continuing to try and make a a dollar, you know, make a living off of, you know, whatever that nostalgia is and pick up some, you know, their fans' kids along the way while they're they're putting out these records that sound the same. Maybe they've evolved as people, but they've certainly haven't decided to change, you know, their musical direction. Right, that's fair. Yeah. Well, um, and in fairness, the the thing about Census Fail that's that's been true since day one is tickets to their shows are like at most, maybe in a big city, they'd be twenty bucks. For 20 bucks, if I'm not doing anything on a Friday night when we're released from quarantine, like, yeah, I'll go see Senses Fail. What else am I doing with my life? I will literally go see anyone the first right, weekend. Right, that exactly. Yeah. Like, oh, you're here? Awesome. <laughs> like, take my so, money. <laughs> I've, I've not on purpose seen them in the last four years. Um, they were opening. Uh, they did an acoustic show. Um, with Bayside actually. Uh, and it was, it was an all acoustic, like December Christmas set or whatever. And I, they did. Um, and what was funny, what was funnier to me about it is like, buddy was talking and he was like, you know, we've been doing these songs for a real long time. And in my, in my head, I was like, I know that he's the only original member and the second newest member is like 2013. And this was maybe like 2017 that I saw them. So I'm like, the other dude who's playing these songs with you has been in the f- band for four years. And like, it's, pro- it's probably like a part-time thing for him. <laughs> it's felt like a really long time for everyone involved. <laughs> Listening to those first four records certainly felt like a really t- long time for me. Bands that have a name that have a band name, but where everyone else has quit the band or been f- relieved of their responsibilities. That is a strange concept, I got to say. And much like Saves the Day, who we'll talk about in the coming episode, that's a spoiler, 
Um, the same thing applies to census fail where it's basically just like, it's that guy, buddy, it's, it's buddy. That's it. And he, uh, he, he is census fail much like saves the day is Chris Conley. Like there's no point in either of them putting out material under their own names because like, you know, why lose, why, why lose that great discography you already got built up? Well, they, so have we, we have not yet. So I just need to census fail. Is one of the things that's really funny about it to me is that way that they came up with their name. I do not know this fact off the top of my head. I read the Wikipedia. I need to be very clear on this fact. <laughs> Extremely clear. Please, you should you should Please just explain, say you're sorry for them before you make any statements. No, I'm not going to because what I was going to say is it's the most dumb fuck suburban child shit you'll ever see in your entire life. Where they like clearly did like a high school world history unit on Buddhism and learned about Nirvana as a concept. And they just pulled out a phrase from their textbook to use as the band name. Like, like that's where this guy is at. And that's where this guy yeah. has been at through all of it like even now in his sobriety he'll he'll give interviews and say yeah i practice buddhist transcendental meditation this is a very specific dude yeah i mean like like, he is a very specific um transcendentalism buddhist bukowski guy like it's it's (laughs) Like, he is the guy who has a copy of Infinite Jest sitting on his bedside table. He yeah. has never been able to read fr- like maybe the first three sentences. But by God, that's where he's he in conversation all the time. Yes, he would, yes. He would be the first to tell you and that he has it on his bedside table. Exactly. Right. Well, and whenever he would bring someone home, right, he would just have that there have to like make a show of moving it because his condom stash was in the book and he'd like annotated the notes on it like like whenever we talk about census fail we almost have to pull all of it out of context of the musical genre to talk about buddy nielsen (laughs) it's funny that you brought up how they got their name because actually the washington uh, senators, they uh, for sixty years were in, their name. The senators was interchangeable with the Nats, the Nationals, and the Senators because they had multiple logos. Hey. Yeah, that's, Thank, that's thanks, extremely Sarah. relevant. Thank you for that. <laughs> I, I, I did. I did mention that in the intro. So thank you. Thank you for listening to that intro. So I uh, actually, because as a small child, um, I was a Minnesota Twins fan. Um, I actually knew more about the Washington Senators than one might think, just because it was kind of in the lore of how the twins came into being. Mm -hmm. What I Mm -hmm. did not Mm -hmm. know was that there were actually two separate Washington senators teams that one ended and the other began, um, but that they both ended up moving. 
Yeah. So we're on the third Washington Senators yeah. right now. That's the, the Nationals are the third, the third iteration. I guess third it's time's the like, charm because that, that was pretty ballsy of Major League Baseball deciding to give Washington another team. I mean, come on. Well, so so I would like to posit a question to the class. Is it the same team if the branding moves to a new location? <laughs> I, so this is a question that I think is most – so, well, let me back up for a second. In sports teams move, that happens, obviously. And before, like, the 1990s, no one knew what the fuck they were doing with these sports teams. Like, they were complete cash cows even in the 90s um, for people who ran them correctly. But people were just generally assholes about them. Like I read that book, Loose Balls, The History of the American Basketball Association, the ABA. It's a great book. I highly recommend it. Um, And that kind of like illustrates just how wildly stupid a lot of like investors in sports were. They were just people who were like, I like sports. I'm going to spend my money on sports. So wacky shit happened all the time. Like the Seattle pilots were, you know, a team and then not a team. Like there's been all sorts of like random shit that's happened in, in baseball history. And it's not surprising that, um, the teams have relocated like with, uh, like so precipitously, like the Philadelphia Athletics, and then you know, they just all these teams have, have moved around a weird amount. But what I will say about the specifically the um, the Nationals now is they would only left Washington D.C. like thirty years earlier, uh, which is it when when it happened. Like I was only in my early twenties, so I was like, oh. Though they haven't been around for forever, but 30 years is not a long time. <laughs> so for them to get that team again from Montreal seems wild yeah. to me. Uh, 30 to, years to, is like to piggyback on that point. In sports, though. Like, kind of, but kind of not, not. I don't know. Getting a franchise. Uh, I mean, I, I was, that's to me is unusual. Is, you know, you can lose a franchise and then so quickly get another one. Yeah. I mean, there's there's bigger like Baltimore and the Colts. To, they got the Ravens. What like 15 years after the Colts left town or something like that? It was like not even 20 years. I well, don't think. But yeah, but that's because um, also I mean, it, I, I think that there's a a what it seems that move because of assholishness on the part of the owners versus teams that move because there is a no longer a workable situation in the place that they're located so i mean the baltimore colts uh moving to indianapolis i mean that was that was probably one of the most fucked up things to happen to a a sports fandom because that was the one that like you know they literally packed up and left in the middle of the night yeah that sucks i mean but they you know they got the ravens because the browns you know, skip town. Well, I mean, okay, but seriously, do we actually know how much it costs to get the team back there? Because the infrastructure already existed. Oh, I'm assuming it was probably in the billions. No way. Just because, well, I'm thinking about like how much billions? For franchise fees and buying your way in, I don't know. Definitely in the hundreds and hundreds of millions. I mean, it's it it's definitely a, depends on when it was. Million for the NFL in twenty twenty. So, like, surely that's 
I just can't imagine it being that much. Because, like, to my mind, the situation that makes sense is someone was like, hey, there's still, like, I don't know, 10,000 baseball fans that live in the D.C. area that don't want to schlep in from Baltimore. It's, you know, like, since it's already all there, you might as well. And then it's like a tourist attraction. So if we're looking at how much it cost them to get the team back to Washington, they paid $450 million for the to get them back in 2006. And um, the construction of their baseball stadium was about another 700 million. But that's taxpayer money. Yeah. <laughs> but, they did, they but the owner didn't pay a cent of that. Money. So <laughs> he put up $0 against that $700 million construction fee. Okay. Can I like completely switch still on the Washington senators, but I just, in yeah, my, sure. uh, Refreshing, my refresher research that I was doing just a few hours ago, I discovered something. Did you know that Goose Goslin and Goose Gossage are not actually the same people? Who? <laughs> Who's Goose Who Goslin? I know Goose I Gossage know is. Goose Goslin is like the one like Hall of Fame player from, or like one of very few Hall of Flame, Fame players from the Senators. Goose Gossage was the know. tall reliever from the Yankees, right? And then played yeah. for the Padres. Yeah. yeah. And um, apparently they are separate people who both went by the name of Goose. And um, <laughs> I know that I have heard both of their names mentioned before. Wait, but can you confirm if it's a different Goose that's in Top Gun? <laughs> well, that did, Goose that is dead. Not, that was not part of, that was not in the scope of my research. Hang on, whoa, whoa, Robin! Did you just spoil Top Gun? <laughs> okay, how Look. dare you, Robin? Look, here's the deal: if it's been more than ten years, then spoilers don't exist. That's a great. I can't believe you spoiled a movie great. from. Welcome, welcome to pop culture. <laughs> if the movie can have a child, it's too old to be spoiled. Do we want to go through? All right, quick, quick lightning round. This isn't the game we're going to play, but we're going to do a quick light, lightning round. We're all going to go around and say a spoiler. Uh, Kaiser Soze is Kevin Spacey. Go, Cy. Uh Bruce Willis is alive the whole time, but he's also a ghost. Uh, go under, go. They were all dead. They died in the plane crash. I don't know what that's a spoiler. Lost. Not lost. 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 <laughs> the way you yelled lost, I think I want to clip that and use that as a <laughs> as a drop we just put in. Um, yeah, I never watched Lost. That was uh, around the same time as the Census Fail record, to be perfectly <laughs> frank. <laughs> the first Census Fail record, and I was checked out on a lot of mainstream pop culture at that you point in my gone. life. <laughs> I, I was checked out on a lot of things, uh, frankly. Um, but yeah, I, I think, uh, the, just to go back to if, if the, so in some respects, I think the question that, uh, Robin originally asked, I think it was Robin's question is like, if a team moves, are they still that team anymore? If it's like a completely different ownership group, it's just the same name or the same logo or the same city. Like it, does that make it the same team? I think the test of that question is, do you consider the championships that the Los Angeles Lakers won in Minnesota <laughs> to be Los Angeles Lakers championships? Cause they count them as the championships they won and they say they have 16 titles 
I guess the the question therein is like, do the Twins consider the 1924 World Series to be a Twins championship? No, because I think that there really was like a dividing action. Like there was something that severed the 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 the, the causal relationship. You know, they, they, I guess the fact that they just ceased to exist for. Well, like, of time. well, they did The Washington Senators became a whole new team, new ownership, yeah. new location, new name, new owners. Every, every same thing when they when they moved to uh, Texas and became the Texas Rangers. Well, so so right. the team Wikipedia for the Minnesota Twins mm-hmm. acknowledges the entire Washington Nationals slash Senators era. <laughs> so I'm, that's the thing that's wild is like in some respects there's essentially three teams that are the Washington Senators in Major League Baseball. The Washington now. Senators are just. I was gonna make it census fail joke, but I'm not gonna make it because it's problematic. So I'm just gonna we're just gonna put that away. Well, certainly it makes sense for the Minnesota Twins to acknowledge acknowledge that era just because that that was like the direct lineage of that team it's weirder because yeah weirder for say the texas rangers to acknowledge the pre-1961 washington senators what i'd also say is it's probably easier for the minnesota twins to kind of make a a dollar off of that because most of the people who were fans of the 1924 washington senators probably aren't necessarily still around. Uh, so what I'd say well, they, is they, they can, all retired they can, to Minnesota. They can wear the retro, they can wear the <laughs> retro jerseys and they can sell the retro jerseys. And right. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta sell that retro Paul Mahler, Washington senators. Well, jersey. And also, like, but it exists. Biggest, like when I was a kid as a Minnesota fan, one of the biggest, you know, like Finn's legends was Har- uh, Herman Killebrew. Kirby Puckett. Yeah. yeah. And, well, Kirby Puckett was when I was a kid. These so. are not real people. Right. But Harmon These are Killib- fake names. <laughs> Harmon Killebrew was. There's a statue of him. Like this this twin legend. He actually was. He, he joined the team when they were still the Senators. Um, okay, so, so like, there was a continuity of interest. Yeah, there was a continuity in terms of some of the players and that sort of thing. Um, but Robin, how do you not know who Kirby Puckett? Because I don't follow baseball. Don't because I don't believe that baseball is a sport. Well, that's its own. <laughs> Listen, you're, this really flies in the face of this whole theme month, which is vagrant records and baseball. <laughs> and Kirby Puckett, for the record, he was a a portly, very good hitting baseball player. Who, when he retired. He gained a bunch of weight. He repeatedly beat up his wife and then died pretty yeah, much like census fail. So he, he, no, it's actually kind of the reverse. Well, probably, well, well, census fail started extremely problematically and, and became yes. maybe less problematic as they got older. Kirby started as like this giant minnesota he- baseball hero very and lovable likable guy yeah yep yeah, very lovable and then became insanely problematic as he uh as he uh, got that sucks yeah it wasn't good no bueno. there's some bad stuff out there yeah, yeah. so 
Uh, yeah, I remember being a big my first uh my first no, sorry. My sister's first baseball glove was a Kirby Puckett glove. My first baseball glove was a Tony Gwynn glove. So yeah. uh, I guess I won one out Tony on that. But- Tony Gwynn has luckily never um never uh uh never found out anything problematic about him, so no, when he, when he died, the amount of like great stories about him are truly wild. I feel like he was someone who got slept on by the well. It's not that he got slept on. I think that he basically just played. I think he, had he played in the social media era, there'd be like he'd be beloved the same way that Keanu Reeves is inexplicably beloved on okay, social well, media. First of all, Keanu Reeves, my favorite season. No, <laughs> Keanu Reeves is beloved yeah. for a number of reasons. Yeah, I was gonna say that is completely explicable. Um, but no, as somebody who grew up, uh, mainly in San Diego during like the Tony Gwynn a day and who like literally everything at my alma mater is named after him now. Um, he's, he was at least seemingly incredibly deserved of all the, um, love and adoration. Go Aztecs. I, that was just a guess, but I got it. Cool. That's good. <laughs> I like when that sort of thing works out. <laughs> I'll play it. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Uh, let's play a game. So just a moment, we're going to play a game. This is a game that all three of you are going to participate in. This game is called, Is That a Census Fail Song? In just a moment, you'll hear me name a series of songs, uh, and it's your job to decide if the song I've named is or is not a real song by the band Census Fail. So I will name the song, and you will have to buzz in by saying your name. So you have to say your name. So you say, Grander, Sai, or you say, Robin. And then once you buzz in, I'll award the person who buzzes in first the chance to guess. If you get it incorrect, you lose. If you get it correct, obviously you win a point. The person with the most points at the end of the game is the winner, and the winner receives all of the glory in the world. Um, So that is how you play. Are there any questions? No, we're good. Okay, great, 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 great. Sorry. Is that a census fail song? Here we go. Here's our first challenge. Bloody Romance. Sigh. Sigh, go ahead. Sigh, you were wrong. That is a census fail song. What the fuck, Sigh? Sigh, you're at minus one right now. Fucking up, dude. Yeah, and I'm going to keep track of the minuses here. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> next one. Dreaming of the Gallows. Robin. That is a census fail, that is a census fail song. Oh, I'm sorry you're really? wrong. That is not a census <laughs> fail song. I'm cheating. <laughs> don't look it up. Don't don't look it up. Nope, no, 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 no. Don't look anything up. You got to stay off the sites. Uh, just keep that in mind. Uh, all right, next one. Pistols and Razor Blades. Sai, Sai won that it's one. Not Sai. a song, not a census fail song. Sai, you're correct. You're up to zero. Yeah. Girl wonder, you got to get in this game. The next one, first breath, last breath. Girl wonder. Yes. Oh. Uh, I'm sorry. That is a census fail. Wait, 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 kid. Are these from the albums that we had to listen to as part of our assignment, or is this? How would you even know there's like 24 songs on each of those albums and they all sound exactly the same? And they're all named (laughs) stupid shit like Bury My Heart Alive and Cut Me Into Pieces. So you wouldn't know if Uh, it's not or it is. That's why this game is fun. 
right. We are all guessing madly here, everybody. No, I'm winning. Next one. Uh, <laughs> all right, here we go. Are, are we ready? Well, let's reset here. Are we ready? So right now the scores are, just to recap everyone, Sai is winning with a zero, Robin is a negative one, and Girl Wonder is a negative one. This couldn't be this going better. Bullshit. All right, next one. Uh, the next one is Lungs Like Gallows. Robin. Yeah. Go ahead. You are correct. That's that is the Gallows song. song. I knew there was one. <laughs> Here we go. The next one. The receiving end of Sirens. That's not Sigh, a Francis song. <laughs> You're correct. That's the name of a band. <laughs> but it sounds like a Census Fail song. Uh, all right. Next one. Elevator to the Gallows. Sigh. Uh, it's not a Census Fail song. I'm sorry, you're wrong. That is a Census Fail song. They have multiple songs with Gallows in the title. How ironic. Never have enough songs about Gallows. (laughs) So, wait, Uh, am I back down to zero? You are back down to zero. So, right now, you're tied with. Nope, you're tied with Robin. You both have zero. Girl Wonder is still at negative one. The next one Tie Her Down. Girl Wonder. It is a song. You are correct. <laughs> also, big yikes. <laughs> There's so uh, many. The next wars. one. Dying on the Turnpike? Robin. That is a yes. sex spell song. I'm, I'm sorry, you're wrong. That is not. <laughs> <laughs> the ones that I made up, I could just be in this band. I should help this guy write song titles. Um, all right. <laughs> The next one, Wolves at My Door. Girl Wonder. That girl Wonder beat you. I don't know about that. She did. That So Girl Wonder, wait, yeah. you said yes? That is wrong. That is not a census fail song. <laughs> I'm sorry. Do you like how I said sigh reluctantly? <laughs> uh, I'm having too much fun. Uh, Alright, I have... Uh, I have two more. So right now, Sai is in the lead with zero. Robin and Girl Wonder are tied with negative one. But it's still anybody's game. We have two more, so anyone can win. Uh, all right. The next one is Bury Me Beneath the Gallows. Was that, was that Robin? And, and your answer? Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry, Robin. You've lost and you've been eliminated. And the last one, we have one left. So, Girl Wonder, you need to get this. If you get this, you will tie with Sai and be the winner. Sai, if you get this wrong, wait, then how does, you will tie with the winner. Wait, if she gets it and ties with me, how how is she the winner? No, no, let me, let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase that. Sai, if you get this, yeah, if, if you get this right, you will be the winner. But if you get this wrong, you'll tie with Girl Wonder and she'll be the winner. If Girl Wonder gets it right, she'll tie with you and she will be the winner. That's how okay. it works. <laughs> Everyone understands the rules. This is our last one. Last chance. So be ready to buzz in. Last one. Shallow Gallows. Sorry. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes. It is not a census fail song. <laughs> Sigh. You have won. Is that a census fail song? <laughs> <sighs> There's so many people on the thing. Oh my god, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, this whole episode is worth it just for that game. All right, great. <laughs> The whole I'm changing, the whole I'm changing my Twitter spent. handle to Shallow Gallows. <laughs> shallow Gallows. Guys, I am laughing so I hard the, I startled my dogs. <laughs> the week this episode comes out, we all have to take a Gallows handle. I think we should all do God. that. Sai, you you called Shallow Gallows. I guess it's the winner you get to pick first. So that one's you. You're Shallow Gallows. Robin, do you want uh, Bury Me Beneath the Gallows, Elevator to the Gallows, Lungs Like Gallows, or Dreaming I of the Gallows? I want Gallows. <laughs> you want Lungs Like Gallows? No, I want that one. I I'm sorry. It sounds like a personal problem. <laughs> Wait, why does Robin get to I'm choose sorry. next, even though Girl Wonder came in second? <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess that's surprise. true. Well, she, I think that, yeah, Girl Wonder and I should, we'll have to come up with some other Here, uh, gallows I'll make, I'll make related No, I, I have other senses of fail songs. <laughs> If I can choose I, from. I don't think you get to choose a census fail song if you lost. Is that a census fail song? <laughs> That's true. A census fail song chooses you. Oh, no, no. I have my census fail song that's chosen me already. It's been in my heart since I was 13. <laughs> oh, dear God. Which one is it? Is it, is it Thai? Thai oh, no, it's, it's, rum, rum is for drinking, not burning. <laughs> One of the Great. one of the least problematic off their first album. <laughs> I listen to it when I work All right, out. Well, we're, <laughs> mics are for singing, not swinging. That's great. Thank you. Uh, we'll love it. Good job, Jesse Lacey. Um, so. We've come to the end of the episode. There's one last thing we're going to do here before plugs, and that is I ask, uh, this is our scoring system for these records. We have to rate all four records. We're going to go around, and we're each going to rate all of these records. Um, We're going to rate them from on a scale, a 26-point scale. You rate them from A to Z. So you give them a, a letter rating from A to Z, all the way to Z. So we'll start by talking about that first record, which is called, I think, Let It Enfold You. Is that correct? Uh, so, yep, that is correct. So let it enfold you. Uh, I'm going to let uh, Robin, our census fail expert, give her grade from A to Z on that one first. Uh, I'm going to say like an H minus. H minus. Okay, that's solid. That's It shows that you're a fan of this record. Uh, we're we're going to let Girl Wonder go next. I'm going to give it a U. <laughs> did, did you say Q or U? U. Did you say Q and not you? Oh. Or Q is in QAnon or U is in go fuck yourself? I am giving it a Q as in shut the fuck up, all of you. Sai, <laughs> <laughs> so, what's your rating of Let It Enfold You? It's going to be an you? S for me. All right, yeah. I'm going to say Let It Enfold You. I was also thinking Q uh, comically, <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to also give it a Q. Q is in QAnon because I think QAnon must have been behind this record. There's no other explanation. Uh, the next record is called Still Searching. So Still Searching, Robin, what's your letter grade for that? Uh, I, I don't know. I feel like all my grades are too high now. I thought we were doing like a high school scale. No, we're doing eight. No, you, eight give, you give it your, however you feel in your heart. 
Yeah, through your pure heart, uh, A through Z, however you feel. We're still searching. Mm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say also an H minus. <laughs> maybe, maybe just, maybe strategy. just an H. H. Okay, so you think that's a little better than letter than fold you, uh, girl wonder. I am going to also give uh, the second album a few um, because. Although I think they improved on not being so blatantly misogynistic, um, the music itself was way more boring. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That I uh, yeah okay. So I'm getting a U from me. <laughs> oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, so this one was produced by Brian McTiernan, who produced uh, Size Favorite. Yeah, size favorite Hot Rod Circuit record, I believe he produced. Um, so we'll talk about him more in the future. But the thing that's funny is it doesn't matter who produces any of these records because they all sound exactly the fucking same. I've never heard a band where the producer mattered less <laughs> than this band. Like these records should be self-produced. They're wasting tens of thousands of dollars. Hiring of I'm anyway. I like I I feel like I did, you know, when you get a customer survey and you don't want to give them like a like a bad review because, you know, it's someone's job. So you give him like a 4.5 because it was actually like a three or like a two, you know, yeah. like I, like yeah. I, I have this like deep seated affinity for something I know now in my heart is truly bad. Robin, Robin <laughs> I, mean, I don't know how to reconcile this. <laughs> we've already established that you're a center fail uh, uh, apologist. I That's true. I'm it, not entirely but, garbage is my point. I just need to clarify that. Yeah. It's, no, it we don't think you're, to do with none you. of us. <laughs> We don't have a private, Robin, we don't have a private group chat, just the three of us, where throughout this episode, we keep chatting each other, calling you things like trash person and bad taste Batman. We haven't done any of those Look, things. Shit, I'm just oh saying, I, I see the, the blinky Batman. light. <laughs> Is that my new display name? Bad taste Batman. Until, yeah, until it's Shallow Gallows. Until it's Shallow Gallows. All right, fair. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm gonna give still searching. Uh, I'm gonna give that an S. I think that uh, that's S level. Uh, uh, yeah, that, I think that's fine. Uh, then their next one was uh, "Life Is Not a Waiting Room." Uh, Robin, what's your rating on that one? Um, wait. Everything else is in. Maybe like a. I have, to, I have to go through the alphabet in my head now. Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want to say a K, but a K is worse, and I don't think it's that much worse. K plus. K plus. For someone who's a, a super fan of this band, you, you don't seem to be giving any of these. Like, where's, where's your nostalgia playing into these grades? Because... Also- so part of, of the growing up process for me when I cast all my black clothes and fishnet tops aside and acknowledged that I was like a like a person who enjoyed things like smiling and listening to Joanna Newsom. I guess it's like Mark Hoppus said. I guess <laughs> this is growing up. Exactly. So I have to reconcile this this thing that I have all of this affection for in my like thirteen year old heart of hearts with like the twenty seven year olds like old married lady that I am. And so this is what I've settled mm. on. Okay. The that's nostalgia fair is it's, uh, I, I agree with you guys in terms of quality of content. 
<laughs> yeah, but it's it's so I it's okay I to like appreciate crappy the stuff that you used to like when you were younger. Yeah, that's why I hang out with Sai. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Sai, that was a joke. It was so easy. Uh, all right, girl wonder, what's your rating oh, on this record? I'll just. I don't know. I um, I'm gonna say uh, P minus. <laughs> P minus. That's great. Uh, Sai, what's your rating on this one? Yep. C, <laughs> C for crap. <laughs> this this one you like? Did I my like impassioned defense move you? It did. <laughs> is this is this one with shallow gallows on it? No, I I like this one because I like that song "Waiting Room" by uh, you know, yeah, yeah. They so this they also they also covered uh they covered uh Salvation by the Cranberries in like the deluxe version of Still Searching. And that is the most like that song is fucking gorgeous and a great song and just rocks hard when the cranberries do it. And the version It's it's so so bad. bad. I I can't it's like the most toothless version of that song that's possible. And I'm like I, I thought it would just be extra screamy. It, like, I thought they would make it super intense, and they went, Softer. like, the most yeah. soft way possible. Has anyone heard that terrible anyway. version of Dreams that's on a car commercial right now? Where there's there's yes. no music, it's mm-hmm. it's just basically all acapella? Yes. It feels so uh, religious. Well, yeah, it's really yeah. bad. It's bad. Um, uh, life is not a waiting room. I'm going to give that... Uh, probably uh, an L for Little St. James, Little because Saint probably... James. That's where it's hanging out. Uh, and then the fire, Robin, you go ahead. The fire. What's your rating? A to Z. I will be honest. I didn't listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're giving it an I for incomplete. Girl Wonder, go ahead. I listened to three of the songs off of it. Okay. Oh. Improvement. And I am going to give it a Q again. Okay, more QAnon. Sai, this one gets a vote. K. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm going to give this one uh, a Z, just because I was like, they're still doing the same. I really, really, uh, even though the third record, which came out, like, you know, four years after the first one, I was like, it, it still sounded the same pretty much, but I was like, man, I bet by the fourth record, they really changed their sound. And boy, when that first song came on, The Fire, I was like, Jesus Christ, again? Can we get a review so of everyone's greats? Are you going to? No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I didn't write them all down. Mostly a lot of Qs, a lot of Hs, and a few Ks. I want Ks. it to be known that I rated it at S-U-C-K. Well, good job. <laughs> that was a Thank good you for writing it down. You usually write everything <laughs> down. I was thinking I was going to get a really good. <laughs> well, we did, we did 16. There were literally 16 letters that were given out in a row there. So I didn't bother writing them down. But also just so writing you know, down 16 Cy, letters would have been a lift. Well, let me just tell you, next time you have a joke plan that's that's fun and funny, why don't you write down all the letters and you can say, oh, let me just recap everyone's letters, and then you could deliver your joke. Sorry, guys, I just accidentally almost turned my computer off. That's <laughs> okay. why I was interjecting so forcefully. All right. Well, that's it for uh, these records, census fail. Uh, and just to go around, we're all going to very quickly rate the Washington senators. I'm going to give them uh, I'm going to start. I'm going to give them 
a uh, P for pretty good. Girl Wonder, go ahead. Uh, I'm going to give them a E or nothing alliterative, but because they didn't manage to hold <laughs> on to a team for <laughs> two attempts. And, you know, frankly, they're probably about to lose the third. I got it. So you're giving them an E for nothing alliterative. <laughs> got it. Robin, you go ahead. I'm, I'm going to give them an A. And hey, okay, they, someone who hates they baseball. An attempt. They did the Okay, best. well, so here's the... I appreciate that, Robin. So you're a person who loves Senses Fail, and yet you didn't rate any of the records higher than, I think, an H. <laughs> and and you hate baseball, and you gave uh, the Washington Centers an A. Great. Saiga. Uh, I'm going to give them an F, because I'm very unhappy with the Senators <laughs> that are currently in Washington. <laughs> wow, that's well, those bozos. Am I right? Thank you for that They're not called the Washington Congressmen. They no, tried. <laughs> All right. Do we have anything to plug, uh, Girl Wonder? Anything to plug? Um, I'm going to plug the same thing that I plugged last time. Buy local, support your local establishments, particularly bars and restaurants in this time period, because you know. Or shut down almost everywhere. Um, cause, and I, She's right. Small restaurants like Outback Steakhouse, uh, small <laughs> grocery stores like Costco, it's small hardware stores like Home Depot that are local to your house, that are right near your house. You know, <laughs> fuck's sake. What about the Olive Garden? Because when you're there, you're family. <laughs> What about total wine? Is that a real thing? Oh, total wine. You want to fight now? I take it. <laughs> I think it's a really bad chain. It's a local store that uh, Linden Linden Liquors moved in on, and they uh, boxed uh, them out. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, support local businesses. That's actually a good point. We're just fucking around, of course. Robin, what do you got? Anything to plug? It's not a specific thing, but if you are trapped at home and you're like, huh, I wish I had something to do, I highly recommend fostering puppies or adult dogs because it will absolutely fill your time and it is a good thing to do. You don't have to have any more. Thank you. <laughs> okay, that's a good fostering puppies is good. That's a good plug as well. So we got support local businesses, foster puppies. Sai, what would you like to plug? I'm just going to go back to what I've done the last couple of weeks, and that's also supporting local businesses. A lot of restaurants are starting to reopen and do takeout and delivery. Um, so keep that in mind if there's a place that you like to visit, especially places that are probably around your work that you're not necessarily going to anymore. Uh, they're the ones who have been struggling a lot, like you know my fiance's restaurants right in the city where a bunch of businesses are and people haven't been going into their office. So try and order some takeout from places that, you know, might be suffering from what's been going on because a lot of places are starting to kind of get that going so they can maybe finance staying open in the future. Uh, so please keep everyone in mind as far as that's concerned. Thank you. That's a good plug. And I'm lastly going to just plug, of course, you can listen to this show. Uh, we're rounding down. Find us wherever podcasts are. If you're listening to this, you probably have found us already somehow. Uh, rounding down pod. Uh, that's where we at gmail.com. If you want to send us any information, of course, we're selling ads. It's dollar sign rounding down on the cash app. We, we will do any ad uh, imaginable. 
Um, you just send us some cash money, five bucks. We'll get you a 30 second spot. We've done some, some ads that are pretty fun and we will read. It's weird that no one wants me to read the ads anymore. And (laughs) it's, it is weird. I don't know why it keeps happening, Uh, but yeah, can I do, can, can, I, can I do an ad read for you guys? Because I think I would be awesome at it. Yes. I w- we'd love to have you do I an ad read. I would also like to do um, an ad read. But what, oh, great. Well, then anyone can do an ad read for us. We can let anyone do ad reads on the show. And in fact, if you want to advertise, let us know who you want to do the ad read. And we will reach out to the person if it's not me or And you get uh, to side. keep zero of um, the money. Perfect. You get to keep zero? That's fine. Because we need money. to re- raise... Well, once we, and that's, I love free labor too. We've talked about that in this podcast extensively before. Uh, but once we reach $10 million, Sai is going to get a, a tattoo of two sandwiches on his face. Once we get $20 million, I'm going to get a tattoo of a dragon that goes all the way down my face and breathes fire through my eye and everything. Um, so we're going to do it all. We're, we're really going to get those face tattoos when we get 10 and $20 million respectively. Again, any angel investor who wants to come through, anyone who wants to like, just like wash their money through us, uh, like launder money, um, and, but give us those, the 10 and $20 million to keep where we get to keep it somehow in the laundering scheme. Uh, we'll get those face tattoos and we will keep your money and that will be fine. So we'll do anything you want us to do in, in that regard. Uh, we're, we'll be very quiet about it. Uh, lastly, of course, I want to just say, uh, so you guys plugged, of course, buy local, uh, foster dogs, buy local, support local businesses. I just want to say, uh, how proud I am of President Trump. I mean, what a guy. There, we could have right now, Two million deaths, and he's only up to like sixty thousand right now. So anyway, he's doing a great job. We're we're he what a guy. He's doing great. Don't you don't you all agree? Anyway, for the Watchmen Senators, for Census Fail, for Sai, for Girl Wonder, for Robin. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. See you later. Rounding Down is produced by Chid. Music by Corey Major. Artwork by Cy Fieri. This was a Buzzcast Network production. <laughs> <laughs>